0: The beats
1: have CD You heard it through the great vine, you heard it here first, it's a Bames life. Mos easy with the knowledge, better take time. Man or woman, it don't matter over these sides. Black or brown, it don't matter over these sides. Conversations always popping over these sides. Where's your peace signs? Where's your white wine? Don't stress, don't worry about those deadlines. Cause you've heard it through the great vine. You heard it here first, it's a bames life. You heard it through the great vine. You heard it here first, it's a bames life on It's a Bane's Life and today I've got a very special guest, I will allow her to introduce herself. Um, we've got Sharifa with us today, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah so my name is Sharifa, um, my pronouns are she her, um, I'm one of the co-founders of Kiki Bristol which is a BAME LGBT social space in Bristol. Um, <clears throat> I'm also uh, a LGBT community worker um, for Off the Record in Bath. So I work with young people aged between seven to 25. Um, and previous to that, I used to be the LGBT development worker for older people, old LGBT people in Bristol. So my whole life is very queer, very LGBT. Everything I'm, everything I'm, I'm involved with and in is LGBT purposefully. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very passionate about my community and working with my community.
1: Wow, that is that is definitely. You said you had a few bones. That's that's that's, that's, that's of it. That's, yeah,
0: there's there's loads more. There's loads more.
1: Well, we can probably delve into that um, throughout yeah. the episode, but that seems really amazing. Um, i know a lot of people who might be listening to this and um, may not be from the bristol area like we are so could you just explain what kiki socials is in a bit more detail for us
0: yeah um so kiki socials is a like it kind of says it's a, a social space a physical one um we started about three years ago now two and a half three years ago um and it purely came out of because there's a few of us um black people who were been in Bristol a long time and felt like the queer scene or the LGBT scene did not represent us at all and so we wanted we wanted to carve out a space that was truly representative of us and maybe that we liked and you know so yeah we came together a few of us came together and had a chat about what it would look like if we wanted to have our own space
1: Yeah.
0: and initially it started as um, an irregular Meeting, So we'd meet in this place in Clifton and it'd be like a meet and greet and then there'd be like an open mic and then there'd be like a bit of food and there'd be a bit of music and so it was kind of fairly flexible on what we would do but the plan was just to meet and have that space and then we we would kind of go from there. Yeah, That was like some of the first sessions and from then it's kind of grown so we kind of have, um, we do collaborations with with other LGBT or queer groups in in the city but we also um, have um, we had a short film night that just showed um, BAME LGBT films which is amazing for all um, around the world. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: we do a collaboration with um, Booty Base and Booty Base is a collective of female DJs in Bristol and so we do like a very safe space for Black um, LGBT people to come to and dance and be free um, and we've had yeah we could to like go to the theatre together. We went to go and see um, Ballet Black, which is all about black ballet dancers at Bristol Old Vic. We all went together and yeah. watched that. So we just do whatever we want to do. Basically, it's not it's not super super structured, but we try and do a few structured things throughout the year. But our latest thing that we did, we went we had an amazing event at um, uh it was like, a, it was like a massive art college in Clifton, yeah. and we had a collaboration with Lady Phil and Travis and um oh god my memory is so bad today <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's
1: happening to all of us don't worry know,
0: pandemic brain
1: oh my um,
0: god yeah basically we had an amazing event where it's a collaboration of lots of different black um activists and performers and yeah. yeah we had a night of just talking talking about blackness and queerness and I think that's a, quite an unusual space to have in Bristol. Bristol's very white and, it, and the yeah. LGBT scene is very, very white. So it was really nice to have a, a night um, just for us where we were, yeah, talking about blackness and queerness and what it means to us. Because, you know, we're not how much in this group of people. We all have different ideas of what that means. So it was really nice to have exactly. that talk about what it means to us individually. Yeah. Be, there, there, you know, there would be some kind of um, similar things that we all feel, but also it all looked quite different to different people. So it's just nice to have that space especially in a historical building that's not normally inviting of Black people and Black LGBT people. It's yeah. just nice to be in that space, taking up space, talking about the Blackness and queerness and meeting new people and hearing stories from Lady Phil and also Lady Phil, one of the founders of founders of Black Pride. She's an amazing woman.
1: She is. Absolutely. And
0: Chama, Salabanza, Chama Salabanza, who's obviously a magnificent artist from Bristol um, and yeah, so it's really nice to hear all of them talk together.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, we do lots of different things.
1: That's really cool because I kind of felt like... So I've been in Bristol for about three years because I'm from Ireland originally.
0: Okay.
1: Ireland's LGBT scene is pretty much non-existent anyway, even within the white community. So you can yeah. imagine within the BAME community, yeah. it's like nonchalant, does not exist. I. If they told me that there was a scene, I was definitely not aware of it before I left. And I left like, mm. at the age of 23. Right. So when I moved to um, Bristol, I didn't actually know for quite some time that Kiki Socials was um, around. But I kind of probably got into people that are uh, from the white community who probably don't know that anyway, because you're trying to find something to kind of fit into, exactly. yeah. to have some sort of a space. So recently I I found out about you guys through um AKT actually because I volunteer with them
0: yeah
1: and they do a lot of work with um the BAME community as well and a lot of their people they were telling me was from the BAME community um that they get from LGBT side of stuff and um one of the things I have noticed is that there's a lot in London so if you look up same LGBT there's so much in London but I always think there needs to be something for the rest of us who are not going to London every well, week. That's the
0: thing I think that's what we kind of why we set our because we were seeing like a lot of black LGBT people in Bristol coming out as LGBT and running to London yeah. because there's nothing in Bristol for them to go to and so we, wanted, yeah. we were thinking you know we want to keep our people here and have a space, exactly. for, us, have a space for us here so it's really important for us to have a few elements of that, have a night here that we can go to, and also having yeah. a space that we can go to. So it's ever evolving. Kiki was still quite new. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of irregular. We didn't have, like, regular nights. But, okay. But um, we have a very strong social presence. Yeah. Um, well, Instagram and Facebook, Kiki Social, or Kiki Bristol. Um, I mean, yeah, we actually have, have, have a quarantine thing coming up on Saturday. Um, yes, I
1: saw that, because I follow you guys on both. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, like everyone runs to Bristol and I think it's quite hard outside of Bristol to create BAME groups for LGBT yeah. people. And like we, um, we're quite familiar actually with all the BAME groups in, in the UK, or the BAME LGBT groups. So there's like Rainbow Noir in Manchester, there's Unmuted in Birmingham, there's quite yeah. a few of them dotted around and we know all the ones in London like Babes and Pussy Palace.
1: Yeah.
0: We know all of those people so we're quite familiar with each other. Yeah. So it is quite a small network of people. But I think it's really important to have stuff outside of London that is for BAME people who are LGBT. Awkward. I
1: agree completely because um, not everybody can go up to London, you can't all, the London, London all, the all
0: the time. It's expensive yeah <laughs> exactly it's so expensive you're not only just
1: paying to go to like an event you then gotta think of where you're gonna stay travel- yeah exactly. travel up there hopefully you can get a few people to go with you and share the cost. but it's still it's just it's just a massive yeah. and that was kind of what um got me to start doing the podcast actually so mm-hmm. i was like everybody who's doing something is in that london area space like you yeah. need to have something to let people know that there's not even just in Bristol, but just outside of London in general, that there are other people out there that they can reach out to. Yeah. And, you know, that there's other, um, like yourself, like Kiki Socials, that there are other fame um, LGBT communities that are there and you don't have to run to London. Because I was thinking of that I was thinking maybe I should just move to London but mm. unfortunately with my job anyway that's not going to be a possibility which mm. is probably kind of a good thing because it kept me more grounded to kind of continue on with mm. um but uh, with yourself as well like how did you kind of get into the whole LGBT scene like when did it all really start for you did you always know that you wanted to work in like with LGBT people things like that
0: um yeah, it's been quite an interesting one actually, because I'm quite new to working in this sector. So previous to this, I was actually a sports coach for 14 years. Wow. Um, okay. And working in retail, okay. Because was, like, worked my way up in retail was like kind of like manager, supervisor, you know, like you know, yeah. management. Um And I, can I swear on this, I'm allowed to swear. Yes. Yeah. You can. <laughs> I fucking hated retail. <laughs> I fucking hated retail with the absolute passion. Um and so I was just getting depressed basically I need to get out of it but I'd always volunteered within that sector so I was already volunteering with um a group in Bristol called Golden Ages and they are an older an older Caribbean group um so there's quite a few older Caribbean groups in Bristol and this one was down the road from me and I've always loved working with older people that's always been my passion
1: yeah
0: so I've volunteered doing that for a year but I've also was doing Kiki at the time as well, I was working in retail, and doing other, doing other queer projects in Bristol.
1: Yeah.
0: So I've always kind of been involved voluntarily in those things, but was never getting paid to do those things.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so my old job came up uh, to work with older LGBT people. Um, and I just thought, well, wow, dream situation, like older people and their LGBT in my community. Exactly. Perfect combination, what well, a great marrying of things. So I applied a yeah. job, got it, and yeah, it's my dream job. So it's it only 18 months it ran for. It's funded by the National Lottery, did that and actually yeah. loved it. Working with my community, supporting them, working with some of the most isolated and lonely, um, older LGBT people in Bristol. I put yeah. on a working together, it's really amazing. Then the funding ended in March. Okay. I had to yes, yeah, I had to get a new job and I was really hoping I would stay in the sector because LGBT jobs on don't come in abundance, they're not that popular
1: Yeah,
0: I find um, that as
1: well
0: Unless you're in London But outside of London again yeah. LGBT jobs aren't that popular They're not yeah. that kind of um, or not, Well they are but they're not that well funded Yeah that's but It's quite rare to well. find funding to have Run LGBT jump. jobs Yeah. Um, so this job came up And I was like oh my gosh an LGBT job with young people And I really wanted to work with young people i kind of done my older person work yeah, I was really keen to work with the younger people because you know they are the future and all that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. i was really keen to work <laughs> with young people. Some of um,
0: them. Some of them. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, the job came up and I got it. So I've been in this job like two, three weeks now. Obviously, oh, wow. it's weird. It's weird because I'm not. I'm, not, I'm working remotely and i have not. I'm not met my colleagues face to face. Yeah. I'm. I'm, in, I'm meeting all the young people online and doing yeah things online. So it's a bit a bit weird introduction, but yeah okay and yeah so i'm in this job for a, a year now um
1: that's so yeah, amazing yeah yeah because i find um i found it like that because obviously i i work in the finance sector so that's not lgbt um whatsoever i am very lucky that my company is very um supporting of lgbt um communities and actually i do a lot of talks um, at work already, so when I told them that I was launching a podcast, they were like one hundred percent, so they're very supportive of things like that, but again, it's a very um white kind white of place exactly yeah. yeah cis white male gay men, basically, okay. which they're lovely, mm. they're great, um but they're not you know they're not me at all. um, exactly (laughs) but um, I've recently started doing what you're doing is starting to volunteer within LGBT communities because I'm hoping to potentially move over at some point because that is my passion Mm. as well to like start working on the LGBT community especially the BAME community because I feel Mm -hmm. like like what you said um about when you were working in retail and you hated it Mm. and you got depressed like so many of us actually suffer with mental I mean within the BAME community mental health yeah. is already high on the list and then mm-hmm. you've got the people who are then also LGBT within yeah. that same community as well and mm-hmm. I'm somebody who can honestly say that I still suffer with mental health um, mm-hmm. and I take my medication every day but mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have some sort of a support network so even yeah. though my support network is quite small but I can't think of the people who I like yourself and myself who don't see themselves in their workplace mm. or in their everyday life or have very unsupportive families about exactly. you know, their, their, their sexual orientation and things like that and, quote-unquote, what they choose to do with their life, as some people will say. I've
0: um, listened I have listening to a think... really great podcast, actually, about that. I was listening to the Gal Dan po- podcast that came out last yeah. week, the, the first one with Candice Carty Wright, is it? Yeah. She, did, she wrote the book Queenie. And yeah. um she is a black woman, um, and just talking really openly. She's like a, she's like maybe thirty, so my age. Yeah. She's talking really openly about being black, being from a West African family and mental health and um kind of the pressure. Yeah. on you to be either a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is you know if you wanted to be a creative, a creative person
1: yeah if you listen to my first podcast my cousin said a doctor lawyer or a disgrace yeah. that's the option and yeah, both yeah, of yeah. us chose neither of those jobs you can imagine <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah like it's real like it's a real issue yeah. and she kind of you know felt the pressure so much from her family and also like she was like one of the youngest in the family yeah. they named they named her mommy because she was wiser behind, beyond her years. So everyone in the yeah. family would come to her and offload on her. And she was weighed down by the family's pressure, yeah. you know, because she was a good listener, a good talker, you know, yeah. um, and, that, and that was affecting her mental health. And then, and then two of her friends died and it was like all coming on top of her. And she never knew about therapy or even talking about her yeah. feelings. So she, was, she was always the one taking everyone's issues. Yeah. So, it's just really nice to hear those stories because I don't think we talk about it enough in the black community.
1: Definitely. I think
0: the huge um, stigma, isn't there, around mental health?
1: There is. And it's quite sad because actually, if you just talk about it a little bit, there's, there is help out there. I mean, um, if you've ever listened to Tutu's podcast, I'm sure they've mentioned it a couple of times on their podcast. They're also too. Um, lesbian women living in London who do a podcast as well and they've mentioned about and also um, Black Girls Living where there's actually a website where you can find BAME um, therapists but Nigel, but My
0: issue is I mean, you need BAME LGBT therapists.
1: Yeah I because
0: know BAME people stand alone without being LGBT come with their own bunch of issues was, yeah. do you know what I mean? Their own prejudices you know like yes. so it's helpful if they are fame and lgbt, LGBT. And, and open to the idea of like polyamorous relationships because not everyone's a monogamous so being yeah, exactly. open in that way you need you need to have somebody who's a purpose who can kind of get you on some level those, yeah. fun, they, they, those are quite foundational things to to grasp poly yeah. gay and black like
1: and how how do you guys find that kiki socials deals with that because that's kind of like you're creating a safe set space i know you guys aren't um therapists or anything like that but essentially you're having bane people who are lgbtq and like you said not everybody is monogamous and um, some people will be polyamorous how does that how what how do you guys help those people basically when they come uh, i'm uh, roasting I sorry Bloody no ass. it's
0: all right <laughs> uh, um i don't know if we i think we don't help people one-to-one i yeah. think just having that space is quite healing yeah having a having a space that kind of reflects you and is for you and is a safe space is kind of doing a little bit of the work already yeah we don't we don't kind of do one-to-one work but yeah I just think I know for me personally when I've been to spaces that truly reflect who I am yeah I I feel instantly comfortable and it's definitely healing just just being and around people who understand me on a fundamental Fundamental, fundamental level is exactly. like enough sometimes. Yeah. We need to be we there. We, we can signpost, but yeah, we just, we just create the space and make it a really, you know, we, we are really careful and thoughtful um, about how we create the space. It's not just like putting on a night and then it's not stepping back. We're really yeah. thoughtful about how we try and create a space that will be inviting, encouraging, loving, caring for people to be in you know sometimes when you go out to a club or you go to a space and it can be quite clicky you don't know anyone yeah there's a bit of like power dynamics people get a bit of big head yeah I've always hated going out for that reason and I think the queer scene is same I think the queer scene can be quite bad for that a lot of click a lot of hierarchy a lot of kind of you're not cool enough to be in our gang kind of vibe and we really try and nip that in the bud at Kiki we try and make everyone welcome whether you're black or not you know also we yeah. do prioritize black you know people of color they are yeah. our pro- priority but no matter where your what your background is or your you know your walk of life yeah. we try and foster this really like beautiful environment that everyone feels welcome and heard and listened yeah. to and, and you know that's
1: amazing because um, going back even just last year because I originally joined Kiki Socials on facebook literally about two weeks before lockdown happened because so but i've been i've been at home the whole time anyway because of other stuff so i joined it i was like this is great like I can finally find a space for myself. And then lockdown happened. And I was like, thanks, Boris. Thanks for the virus. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful, mate. I'm just going <laughs> to sit at home further now.
0: Oh, Cheers. No.
1: Because I find that I've actually gone off going out. I've, for a long time, I don't really go out that much. One, because I'm not really in the hook the BAME scene because I don't really know a lot of people because the people that are around me are usually white cisgendered um heterosexual people in general anyway and then two it was only me and my partner really and she kind of doesn't fit the BAME section either so didn't really get it and there was nowhere really for us to go I mean we could go to places like OMG but I know
0: I mean, I don't want to slag them off because they serve a purpose, but fuck my life, like... Yeah. You wouldn't go there unless you were 18, really, like... it's, it's Exactly. It's, 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 for me, it's like, <laughs> it's like... It's like mainstream LGBT people who like yeah. to take and get pissed, and not have a connection, like, and yeah. it's fine. that's... I'm not slagging it off, that, so it serves the purpose for that demographic, demographic of people, that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, I'm 32, and, I, and I, when I want to go out, I want to listen to really good music that I've grown yeah, up with so, and, and really love and enjoy. And it's not Britney Spears, I'm sorry. So, I mean, it's not. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel you. I, I feel you. I wanna, and I want to make connections with people. I want to meet people who are on the same level as me. The like people are too pissed and being silly, you can't form those connections in the same way. So it only so, serves the purpose, but for me, it's not my vibe. You know, like... OMG,
1: I give it um, whenever there's pride on, because my, my, well, my ex-partner now really enjoyed it, so I, give, I, I used to give in and go, we can go OMG, or yeah, yeah, yeah. have a good time, and then yeah. I'm like, can we go home now, are we finished, <laughs> <laughs> and go to bed, but yeah, those were like the only kind of places that I kind of knew, because I'm part of actually um, an LGBT choir in Bristol, I sing at Bristol. America.
0: I used
1: to sing so, with them as well. Did you? Yeah. We're trying to incorporate a bit more um, inclusivity mm. in there because I can count on one hand how many people of fame
0: backgrounds. I know the one other person in that group. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly and it's really like it's a great choir I absolutely love it and I'm there mainly because I like to sing and I wanted to be in a space I definitely knew that I would be accepted in irrespective of my they are lovely
0: they're really really lovely
1: exactly yeah um and that's it serves a purpose for that but in terms of inclusivity or what we tend to do as like social nights I've never actually been to one because they're really not Things that I would do anyway, so I'm just mm. like, know nah, I'm not gonna go and make myself uncomfortable <laughs> out of that because I used to do that when yeah, I was younger. Because you want, because you want to be part of the scene, exactly. In a way, that,
0: yeah, literally, like that was my whole experience growing up. And well, I moved to Bristol when I was 21, uh, okay. and I got fully immersed in the gay scene. OMG, flamingos, yeah. cult, you know, all those nightclubs. I used to be obsessed with, you know, because I was young and I was gay and keen excited to be amongst a new community of people. Yes. I didn't know any better, you know? Yeah. used to go and be silly and, you know, it. it so, again, it served the purpose, those clubs. Exactly, I yeah. Um, not that I'm like, mega, mega old now, but I was, you know, being 18... Oh, you know, funny, we're not old, we're um, not old
1: at all. Just in our prime.
0: No, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, like I used to, I got fully immersed in it, thought, and it's not until you spend more time in it and you get older and you begin, you get wiser, and you kind of know yourself a little bit better about what you want actually want out of a night out.
1: Exactly. I, yeah. I
0: found, I found personally quite quickly. I was like, oh, this actually doesn't. I'm not into it. I'm just doing it because yeah. it's something to do. And so I used to start going to Birmingham, I used to, go to Birmingham Nightingales, and go to um, the R&B night there.
1: Love Birmingham, and I was like,
0: yes, my people, black people, R and B, yes. It was like so refreshing because, like I said, like the queer scene was like very, very white. I mean, I most queer scenes or LGBT scenes in Bristol are predominantly white because it's England, right? Exactly. Um, So you know, I used to see maybe like two or three black people out on on the LGBT scene back in the day, Um, and I really wanted to. And I also the music was awful. The music was just like poppy you see more than what i'm
1: seeing at the moment when i go out because i'm not seeing anybody everybody's white and like hey how are you and i'm just like yeah don't touch me
0: please (laughs) i mean there's more i mean i i I hang out more on the queer scene now and i think the queer scene in the lgb at the lgbt scene is it needs to have a bit of a distinction because they are in quite different worlds yeah Um, and yes the queer scene obviously is still very white but I think most people who organise queer events are very very conscious about being inclusive yeah they they hire people of colour black people disabled you know they're very on it about having an inclusive um cast of people you know who they hire um although you know the people that go to the events are still predominantly white yeah we'll get people of colour who go to those events but yeah I think it's hard it's hard, even with Kiki, you know, when we have events.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, obviously our our event is to cater for LGBT BAME people in Bristol. But even still, when we have events, you know, white, it is more white people that come sometimes to our events than it is black people. And it's about kind of reaching out to our community and, and making them feel safe, that it's a, yeah. a safe space for them to come to.
1: But, the one thing I do wonder, though, is when I see... When there's spaces like that for Bain people Created and there's still White people coming to those Spaces I just then question Myself and say okay there's obviously Something within their scene that they're Also not getting So does okay, something Need to change Within the that's, whole scene itself
0: That's an interesting perspective because I don't See it so much like that Okay I think that I think there's a few things that play there. I think white people see an event run by people of colour. I wanna people of colour. I want to And are curious. Yeah. I want to know what's, what it's about. Um, and also, you know, we play plenty good music at our event. So also they, they're like, oh, thank God they're playing good music. You know, it's that. Yeah. Um, and two, I think people want to align their politics and actually physically like marry it together so yeah they might be anti-racist, anti-this, anti-that or pro-black, pro-whatever and they want to go to a black event to sit to show like you know I'm an ally to black people so I'm going to support this group.
1: Yeah.
0: So I think it's a mixture of things that are in play. I don't think it's a lack of, they're lacking something in their in their day-to-day scene for when they come to a thing like Kiki. I think they're interested, they're curious, they want to be an ally, they come for the music, and sometimes also, <laughs> I, think, I think when I was um, on a panel with Travis Alabanza recently, and I said about yeah. how, how we have more white people at our, at our events.
1: Yeah.
0: And, I was like, and I was like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And they were like, no, it's not okay. It's like such classic white Bristol people just thinking they can just rock up to any event. I'm like, you know what? like They've got a point, they've got a point to be fair. It's yeah. like, know your, place, know your place sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, even though our, our events are inclusive of everyone, but we do try and centre people of colour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting.
1: <laughs> and what do you guys um, see for Kiki Socials in the future? Like, Do you guys hope to expand? Like, What do you expect, hopefully, to come from it?
0: Yeah, so we aren't funded at the moment. We have no funding, we just kind of like fund ourselves or get little, yeah. bits of, little pots of money here and there, but we're kind of self-funding kind of thing. I think the aim is to kind of be fully funded and have proper roles within the team. We're all volunteers. We all just do every. We all chip in, and do little bits. Yeah. There's no, there's no set roles. Um, there's like five of us who set it up together. So we're all the co-founders, and we all do. Yeah, we all share the workload. So it'd be really good to have a more structured organisation. Um, that would be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to do Kiki full time and travel around yeah. the southwest, travel around the southwest and work with LGBT people. I think it's a southwest issue I think outside yeah. of London it's like black people black LGBT people in the southwest yeah we can all come together and work together there's yeah, not, not, not money of so us we can all come together a little bit more
1: yeah I completely agree I'd love to see that as well obviously I didn't get a chance to go to, to the um Event that was happening because I think you guys had just had an event anyway when I just started. That's the
0: one with um well, lady, lady Phil Travis, yeah. and Josh Rivers, yeah.
1: And um and then, the pandemic hit the UK
0: and that was yeah, kind of out the that, window. That was it,
1: yeah. But um, there will be
0: there will be more events for sure, like definitely. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, so absolutely. I am looking forward to when lockdown is over, and I never thought I would say that because I'm very much so secluded anyway. Yeah. Um. That when lockdown happened, I was like, Was everybody panicking? Like, why aren't you in your house anyway? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stay at home. Like, what's wrong with you? There's rice at home? Yeah. (laughs) but um now i'm kind of getting excited because now i can see that there's actually things happening in the pipeline and people are coming out here and actually saying you know i'm gonna create a space or there is a space so i'm like Mm. actually i can't wait for lockdown to kind of get eased up a little bit and we can start potentially meeting up again which is i think it's also about
0: having like diversity it's like having a range of things to do like if we have a we're a social space. It's not always about going out clubbing and, like, being... Not everyone's into that. So it's about having a range of things on on offer for different types of people within our community. Um, Like, you know, we had a bit of stick for one of our nights that we did, because it, you know, they they were like, oh, all all we want to do is just, like, go out and dance and get drunk. We don't want to sit and watch a film. And it's like, well, actually, some people do, you know? Like, yes, we have this space. We're not always going to put on a night where you can get pissed and listen to reggae like it's not going to happen all the time like sometimes it will but not all the time it's about supplying options for the the variety of people within our community
1: exactly and that's how you get more people in because then they'll think that oh there's actually something there for me as well it's not exactly yeah the black version of the white scene
0: exactly Exactly. yeah It's, it's not about that
1: yeah and like a little bit more about yourself then like um Obviously, you said you moved to Bristol at 21, so where did you come from? What did you come out? How was that like? Because I know my coming out was crazy.
0: Okay, uh, so I, I'm from Wiltshire originally. Okay, um, it's like down the road from Bristol.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I sound Bristolian, but I'm not, I'm West Country last. Don't so worry, like, everybody, thinks, everybody
1: thinks I sound really English and I'm completely, fully Irish, so don't even That's stress. So
0: funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I grew up in Wiltshire. Um, I mean in terms of my coming out, I mean, you know, I'm quite fortunate in some ways because my family were very liberal. Yeah. My well, my immediate family were very liberal and very and quite open and I've kind of you know, I'm I'm the gayest queer you'll ever meet. Like I just I'm just so queer. Like I've been queer from day one, you know, like yeah. I came I came out at eight, I came out at fourteen, and I came out again at nineteen. Um, so yeah I came up to my friends initially about being bi I was like oh I'm bisexual and they're like oh okay cool and I was like actually, that I'm fully fucking gay mate like I'm I'm hella gay I'm so gay Um, and then they were like oh okay and then I kind of kept on the down low a little bit and, and then I had my first girlfriend at 19 and we used to come over to my house and just hang out yeah. And, um, but I told my mum that she's my friend, and she's like, Oh, so, um, you know, you're your friend, are you too? Are you? I was like, What do you mean? No, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, I'm not. And, like, just had a massive freak out, got hugely defensive about being gay, and she's like, You know, if you were, that'd be okay. I was like, Yeah, she's my girlfriend, and he's like, Oh, okay. And that was a conversation that is like, she has never, it's never been an issue, yeah. like queerness, gayness, it's never been an issue. Um, so yeah, you know, I've been quite fortunate. I mean, my nan was, so my heritage is Jamaican, and okay. my nan was old school Christian Jamaican yeah. woman. And we were really close, she was like my mum. So when I came out, she was not happy and threw the Bible at me and all sorts. That was a bit of a shit oh, yeah. show. But she came round and she loved me, she apologised and said, you know, no matter what, I love you. And I think that's quite a big thing to hear from a black Christian older woman.
1: So it it,
0: it makes me think she can say that anyone can come around to it, anyone, because she was like hardcore. Um, Well, this is what I say to people. Yeah, um, I've been quite lucky.
1: Yeah, definitely. 'Cause um, to be fair, I have been quite lucky um as well. Like it's not been as bad as what some people have had it when I listen to stories. But mm. um I didn't actually come out to my family. Like I was just out here living my best life anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think to be fair, um my mum probably knew and just ignored it because she doesn't agree with it my family's originally from nigeria like that's our heritage so they're Mm. even more like crazier than most people Mm. and um my stepdad actually saw pictures on my facebook with me and my now ex-partner and kind of put two and two together got 72 and like was ringing my mom saying you reckon because because i had a i was i did have a male partner previously to that yeah so he was under the impression that maybe i'm bi okay not knowing that i'm a bit further gone than that (laughs) (laughs) so he didn't contact he didn't contact me he contacted my mom and goes do you think she's bi and like this is how closed off my mom was she didn't even know what bisexual was she's like what is that like is that some sort of an illness like what is that Right. It was like, oh, I think you should just ask her. So I think she kind of did some research, kind of figured out what it was. Right. And then was like, just hit me with a question one day, like, should you just hate men? Okay. And I was like, wow, deep, okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't hate men at all. No. She was like, so why are you with women then? I was like, because I like women as well. I goes, while we're at the topic, I like trans people and I like people who, yeah. you know, may have been a male before and may have been a woman before and she was like what do you mean they may like she was completely mm. blown away that there was even anything else other than like gay Nine and women. lesbian yeah okay. right yeah. and like and then obviously the bible was bashed out at me and all that kind of stuff and um we kind of had like a rocky relationship but mm. on the flip side of that my auntie always knew Okay, So my aunt was fully aware she just never said anything to my mum because she was okay. like it's not my place to say anything yeah, so yeah, I've always good. had that kind of refuge anyway, so that's really good,
0: yeah
1: And I was already living out of the home anyway, so it like in terms of like how my life was going to continue, it actually wouldn't affect it that much anyway, okay because my family lives in South yeah. Wales and I live in Newport so, and I live in Bristol, so. Like okay. it is what it is and I kind of just told my mom I can't make you accept it mm. but you definitely can't make me change because that's just not going to happen mm, mm. and she was just like kind of a bit went a bit crazy on it and then I remember going to pride and she rung me on the day of pride and I mean I don't think she could have looked more shocked I had like rainbow color hair right. <laughs> rainbows yeah. on my cheek and she was yeah. like what on earth are you doing why do you look like a clown and I goes I'm uh-huh. going out to pride and she mm. was like what's pride so I had to explain that to her and she was like I'm yeah. just gonna get off the phone I think she just yeah, couldn't wow. handle it she was just like mm, what on going on yeah but she's kind of I wouldn't say she's 100% there but she's kind of come around to it like our relationship is a lot better than what it used to be and she's kind of slightly on the low key kind of just accepted that her daughter is just not going to be the same as the rest of them and I told her you know I might end up with a man I might end up with a woman I might end up with someone else who knows Mm, I might mm. end up in a polyamorous relationship and then mm. she was just like, this is too much, I can't even <laughs> listen to you, but okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> as long as you stay safe. But like, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's better than what I thought it would have been. Because I know if I probably told her this, like when I was 10 maybe, Christ, mm. I think I would have been killed. Because also, growing up in Ireland is a very Christian country as well. Mm. Mm. So they actually, not until very recently, allowed like same-sex relationships. Yeah. So... To be black from a West African family who already don't see, you know, the LGBT um, community as something that should even exist. Mm. To them being a country that kind of didn't agree with it either. Mm -hmm. There was no real coming out. But we were still kind of living our life. And she was like, so all those girls that like used to come around and were your friends. I was like, yep, yep, they were, we were friendly maybe not in the way you think that we were friendly, she was like, okay, (laughs) it makes sense now that they all want to hang up in your bedroom, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) playing PlayStation mom. (laughs) But like, you know, she can kind of laugh about it now a little bit and kind of like doesn't think too much about it and stuff like that, so it's not too bad. But yeah, it's, it's good that there is some sort of a support network. But I even think about people who are not even that far because some people would say that's not very supportive in respect to the way your family handled it. But that's better than what even some people get mm. in terms of what I know. I've, I've seen people who get absolutely tossed out.
0: Yeah, I have a friend. Their... I have a Muslim friend who has been completely disowned by her family completely. Yeah shut out like
1: no more contact whatsoever yeah and I just think it's so crazy and I remember I mentioned it in my first episode like with the BAME community religion is such a big part of our of our life as well like most of our family even if we don't particularly follow the religion to a T a lot of us come from a background where the religion is fully practiced Mm. the whole hog and when you then have religion plus the law of your origins tell you this is not okay Okay. it's completely different because it's not like the western world where we're able to kind of stand together and say we're gonna fight this because we don't agree with the policy Mm. in places like Nigeria the Caribbean you know Muslim countries like Iraq and all that stuff most people are looking up to their religious leaders and the mm-hmm. government, and if the go- if yeah. both say no, that's the blanket mm. answer then, that's it, and yeah. I think we need to start with decriminalising de- it in most countries to even just Absolutely. allow people to, to breed because I think we can educate our parents, because mm. I've been able to educate my mum, even if it is a little bit at a time so have I.
0: yeah, so have I. I mean, you know, and, although my mum was okay with me being gay at the time, I identify as queer now, but, Yeah. Um, at the time but yeah, that's fine, but you know she is a 50 year old woman from a certain generation and so therefore yeah. she that she she comes with already preconceived ideas of what gay means yeah and so she was homophobic you know yeah. she was transphobic but thought because i was gay that, that that's okay that like she can't be homophobic or she can't be trans you know like she just yeah i've had to educate her over the years about what's okay to say not to say she's way better now like she's way we have, we have really good chats about um, queerness and blackness, and she listens, and she doesn't kind of say the wrong. Even if she does say the wrong thing, we have a conversation around it. Yeah. It, the conversation starts about maybe well, that's not okay to say anymore, or we'll, you know, we say this word now and not, and not that word, and she's very yeah. open to all the new. You know, the, cause there are a lot of new terms around LGBTQ plus. You know, and in that world, it's that like a bit of a minefield. Yeah. You have to come with an open heart and mind, and she has. To be fair, she is a lot better now
1: yeah and even like my auntie is the same as that even though she was already quite open-minded to it and she's lived most of her life in the western world which is quite good um Mm. there's a lot of terms that she didn't know and i've taught her and i said this is what we say and this is you know things like that and she's always like open to even coming up to events
0: that's great. Musical. In like in
1: the BAME community, she's like really open to it. Like we can mm. go out together. Like she is my going out buddy, basically. Oh,
0: so cute. We do go out.
1: Yeah, we do go yeah. out and get drunk together. It's, it's actually yeah. quite. Uh, it's quite. That's a scene for another day, anyway. Because. <laughs> Gotten into Um, disputes, shall we say? I can imagine. Yeah, we are the proper kind of, you know, African girls. When we go out, you don't (laughs) want to fuck with us. Kind of a business.
0: Sure. Okay. (laughs) Um,
1: And we we go up to London quite a bit, actually. Um, bank holiday. So, like, as the bank holiday was coming, we were like, we'd be in London now. We'd be mm. up here living our best life but mm. we in quarantine okay. yeah okay we got some liquids in we'll work <laughs> tomorrow you know,
0: <laughs> go party.
1: we've got an alexa so you know we can still <laughs> yeah.
0: <sell> have <our> vibes <laughs> yeah. over the bank
1: holiday so it's not too bad yeah, but yes. bad.
0: yeah.
1: no but it's great that that um people are learning and a lot of people think that people from the previous generation can't unlearn what they've learned but they can actually I completely believe I hate that, that they
0: can yeah I hate that I, I don't believe in this excuse of like oh they're 80 years old they're their past they can't they can't get on board this is bullshit because you've got the internet now you've got books you've got articles you can google lgbt gay trans there's no excuse yeah. for not really knowing It's your yeah. mind that's shutting you out not exactly
1: that's what I say there are certain people that I won't deal with like you know even when we just look at just the BAME side of things you deal with. we still deal with racism and I I just think if I've got you know a 72 year old client who's racist I'm not really I'm not out here to have to tell you how to respond to me I'm just going to stand my ground to you Mm. and do what I need to do and then keep it moving like that's how I deal with them now because I just think Mm -hmm. you're old enough to know what's right and wrong you're old enough Mm. to know that what you're saying and what you're doing isn't isn't right but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of knowing that it can affect me.
0: Mm. In my last job I was it's so interesting because I was also working with people who were 50 plus who were LGBT um and they and kind of in awe of me in a way of like not like I'm amazing just like there's a I'm very I'm a very confident person so I walk around and I take up a lot of space so they don't give a shit yeah. I'm black and I'm yeah. queer and I'm basically and I, I take it exactly. I'm loud and I you know waltz around and they're like they're kind of like oh you know I wish I could be like you I wish I could be as confident and as assured as you are because you know they have a lot of stigma older people older gay people or older LGBT people have a lot of stigma from you know back in the day when they were it was illegal you know yeah. to be gay and they were being put in prison and they were yeah. losing their jobs losing their families they were being gay so they never had the confidence to like fully be their authentic selves and be yeah. loud and brat a lot of them are very actually quiet and have a lot of mental health issues around their identity of so course, you know yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a new generation where I'm just like I'm queer I don't give a fuck this is yeah you know take it on so I'm very unapologetic about
1: who I am. 100% that's one thing I always tell myself. I actually say that in interviews when they say, like, what's the, what's the thing? And I tell them I'm unapologetically mean, like, what you always. see is what you're going to get. And Same. to be honest, if you don't like it, that's really, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. <laughs> like,
0: I... Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I... I'm here, I'm not doing anything illegal, I've not been arrested. (laughs) So I really don't understand what your problem is, but you know, whatever, keep it going. And after a while people come to that and they respect that because they know I ain't gonna fuck with her because she'll tell you where where to go.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah,
1: shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm one hundred percent like that. And actually a lot of people are scared of me apparently. (laughs) i've been yeah. told because
0: so again that's not a you problem that is them isn't it exactly confident. one you're a black like, just, woman you're a confident black woman exactly that's, that is that is not a narrative that is that is known really
1: yeah once once you start doing that people are like whoa what's going on here and i'm mm. just like i'm here to do me love so get lost same. move out yeah. of the way don't sit in my seat same same but it's same, good same. it's good And I'm just glad that, like, there's a space like Kiki Socials and that there's so much more coming out as well. And I really do hope that coming out of quarantine, I think a lot of people have been, like, thinking and there's a lot of great ideas that I'm seeing on, like, Instagram and Twitter and even Facebook from different, like, groups that I'm involved in, that people are actually doing stuff that's going to potentially make a change. And I hope they follow through with that because I think quarantine has showed people that, um, your family is not just who you who you don't have a choice in because that's family yeah. but you can yeah. also create your own family Absolutely. especially for us we in the bame and the lgbt community we can create our own family
0: chosen family, strong... chosen exactly. family. Yeah. i know
1: that's what we need and i think a lot of people have noticed that actually i don't have a chosen family or the mm. family i chose before isn't actually the family for me so I think yeah. people are starting to have an epiphany now while they've been in quarantine that would be the only good thing I say that's probably
0: come of it um yeah it'd be really good like you know I from starting Kiki I've, all my friends have always been white pretty much yeah, yeah. So I've always had white friends. I grew up in a white area always have white friends moved here I thought i had loads of black queer friends didn't have any all my all my friends were still white white so, in the past year and a half, I've been like, you know what? I really need black, queer, chosen family. I feel uh, like not, you're just I'm another a version
1: of me because I've, been, I've, I've had that. Because I'm like, I've got no black friends apart from like my family, like my cousins. I've got cousins and things mm. like that that are around my age, yes. um, roughly that later 20s to 30s gap. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have anybody else, and everybody else around me is white, or at the very most mixed race. Mm-hmm. And I think like... people
0: think I think people think because I'm part of Kiki, yeah. and because I'm so active in my community, that I'm gonna have like thousands of black friends. And I literally like I don't have any black friends really. I know you know yeah, like my Kiki colleagues, you know we're, we're all quite close, but like you know it'd be really nice to have friends that I've met and chosen to be part of my family, and I'm still looking exactly. for that. So. It's a process and it takes time. You've got to exactly, find
1: your time. Yeah. Definitely. And it's not everybody that you meet that you're gonna, you know, click with as well. Exactly, That's the other exactly. thing that I've learned as well.
0: That not exactly. everybody
1: just because we're part of the same community doesn't mean that we're gonna exactly click. But that doesn't mean that we'll be enemies. It just means that we're a bit different in how we see exactly, and do things. Yeah. And that's that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it as well as that you can have different types of friendships. And so yeah, I'm just hoping that once lockdown yeah. is over, that that can start to kind of come to fruition. With loads of other projects that mm-hmm. are going on as well. But yeah, like, have you got anything else you want to say to the listeners? Any advice you want to give them during these quarantine times?
0: Um, I think for me personally it's my mental health has been like so up and down and like from literally hour to hour within the day it's yeah. been like up and down up and down so I just think like to keep checking in with yourself and not kind of giving yourself too much of an expectation to set for that day like don't think I'm going to get out today I'm going to be I'm going to be really productive I'm going to go for a run I'm going to visit art like don't set yourself up if you're struggling like just feel yeah. the flow like because you're probably you know in a, in a perfect world, we have all this time on our hands, yeah? And we're yeah. all at home, and yes, we could, be, we could be writing a novel, we could be, you know, learning a new language, we could be doing all these amazing things to progress ourselves, but in reality, life is hard still. You've still got shit exactly. going on, whether you're you the outside or not, you've still got shit going on, so I think... You could have lost you your have job,
1: you know, the, the amount know of people I mean? that are losing their jobs exactly. is ridiculous, and bills are still exactly. coming in. And exactly. it's crazy so I
0: because... Just think,
1: even for me, I'm anticipating working in the finance industry. The next 18 months for us is going to be com- a complete backlog of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And while Definitely, everybody else, yeah. while everybody else is saying, "Oh, you know, do this, do that," now that you're in I'm just like, you know what? I'm getting my work done because I know once we're all out of this, I'm going to spend mm-hmm. the next 12 months dedicating my time to fixing yeah. the government's mess. Mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm not here trying to write a novel I'm not here trying to you know meditate onto like level 10 <laughs> meditation <laughs> with yoga where I'm call yeah. people from you know my chakras and all this kind of stuff <laughs> I'm not trying to learn Spanish German and you know yeah. French yeah, yeah. At all at the same time I'm just trying to do me one day at a time and some days I decide mm. that I'm going to do a bit more some days I decide that I'm not going to do as much I'm just going to focus on one thing and get that done with and I find that that actually helped me balance my mental health a lot more mm. because previously I was kind of giving myself tasks every single day to do to keep myself busy but then I was getting to about six, seven o'clock, and I haven't hit everything on that task because exactly. something took lo- longer than I thought it would, and now I'm mm-hmm. angry with myself because I can't exactly. do the things I want to do the next it's day. But cycle, really,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: I'm I really funny. just
0: be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself, and you know, being lazy is a radical act. You know, like
1: yeah.
0: being productive is a it's a system. It's a colonial just of like being productive is the way forward, it's absolutely not. Exactly,
1: yeah, I completely agree. But yeah, buy into it, it's all a scam. One hundred percent capitalism says the one who works in the finance industry. But I'm trying to move people so don't judge (laughs) me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: you're good, you're good, you're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm changing them from the inside so they're not as harsh as what they were when I first came in. I've broken them down. Definitely.
0: You gotta start somewhere.
1: Exactly. They all think I'm mad in my team because I was off for a while, and uh, my first couple of days back, I sent an email because I was actually going to do a talk for my company um, via WebEx because I worked yeah. from home. And I said, "I'm back, guys, and I'm still gay." <laughs> and so many people email me back, going, "I didn't even read the rest of it. I'm just actually delighted to see that message." Really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: you know you can use jokes and things to kind of oh, break yeah. it down for people because yeah when I started I noticed that there wasn't a lot of people there and they were like this she's not just gay she's really out here being gay and queer yeah. and pansexual yeah. and yeah. really yeah, yeah. just living best life possible and they're like <laughs> wow okay yeah. like, she's not joking and yeah, that's how you gotta be yeah yeah, yeah. yeah just gotta live your best life people like don't even stress about anything. I even this. if it, even if you can't
0: live your best life because you're not in a safe situation or you know you're not quite yet not quite there yet that's also okay like
1: exactly it, yeah it, it takes time you know
0: like it's a process just... yeah and I mean no I'm 32 and I've I've gone through many years of like finding who I am being comfortable but I didn't yeah. start like this I didn't start exactly. being this fabulous fabulous confident person I am today like it's taken time and, exactly. and failures and rejections and being hurt to get to where I am today so. Even if you're not there, living your best life, like keep going away, like it will, it will come.
1: One hundred percent, and I really, Mm. I am true testament to that because I thought I was living my best life, and I started quarantine with a fiance, and now we're here, and I'm single. So things do happen, but you know what? I'm actually in a better place than what I was when I was in the relationship and Mm. things you just learn from that you know you can't beat yourself up about it because I tried that and that didn't really work either I was like Mm -hmm. actually I've come too far to go back so I just gotta keep Mm. moving and I like I said I take one day at a time and some days you feel it a bit more than the others but yeah I will say to people out there even if you are in a relationship right now and it's not working don't don't think because we're in a pandemic that, you know, things can't be done. Seek help. Talk mm. to somebody. Reach out to people, even if it is via social media. Because there are a lot mm. of people out here who are willing to listen to people just
0: Absolutely. and just talk
1: and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Because I found that that's really helped me going forward as well. So, definitely. But, yeah, yeah. plug your socials in once more so that everybody knows where to oh, find yeah. you.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so um yeah kiki bristol we are on facebook and instagram and twitter uh i think it's kiki bristol or kiki socials one of them um and that's kind of it no i'm like i'm always around i'm around bristol on the queer scene uh but yeah my name is shrieka james you can find me on facebook and insta um if I like you, I might, I might accept you. If I don't like you, probably won't accept you. So, see so yeah, how I feel that day. <laughs> Just
1: like me, honestly. I think, um, I a think you account, might be, you've got to be careful. Exactly. I think you might have been the other child, and my mom claims <laughs> that she had before me. So we're gonna have to do some <laughs> tests once quarantine is over. Yeah. DNA test, quick. <laughs> I don't know if she can take having another child who's queer as well. I think she might actually, <laughs> like, just keel over at that point, but, that you know, <laughs> yeah. I think she'd be like, I'm just trying to get over one, I can't have two, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, no, but it's been absolutely mm. wonderful having you uh, having you on um, It's A Bane's Life, so thank you me. so much for coming on, and I know it's really, like, weird times, and we're not seeing each other, like, on a like physically we're seeing each other via video but not like physically because i yeah. probably zoom, embrace you. yeah oh, i love zoom <laughs> but yeah. hopefully it's once this helpful. is all over we can actually meet and like maybe do something yeah. like this again
0: yeah definitely we'll look for that fantastic
1: well, thanks everybody for listening. It's been Mose Issy here. You can find me on Instagram under Mose underscore Issy. That's M O S E underscore I S S I E. I have to think about how to spell my own name then and all other socials are um it's a bames life on twitter instagram and facebook as well has got a page it's a bames life so you can follow me on all that and you can see all further episodes coming out so yeah thank you guys for um listening and again once again thank you to you to you
0: for coming on thank you